I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched Scooby-Doo Meets the Boo Brothers from 1987, a cinematic masterpiece of our time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Who would like to give a brief, spoiler-free plot synopsis? Yeah, I'll do it. Shaggy gets a, a letter, uh, a will of his dead uncle who left him his house, his plantation, and I don't think the letter mentions the fortune, but we learned that from the uh, butler that there is a fortune hidden on the property. Uh, as he drives from his home to his, to the plantation, they get lost in uh, the back roads of the country. Uh, and they meet uh, a sheriff as they're trying to find their way. The sheriff's like... It's haunted. You better turn around. You better leave. Like, that's my advice. Can't, they don't have a map, so they can't do it. So they, they actually do get there. Uh, the butler also is like, turn around, go away. Uh, but before they can, the car sinks into the ground and, and they're stuck there. And that's how they, that's when they learn about the treasure. And, uh, Scrappy's like, all right, let's find it. They find the first clue in the freezer. Oh, yeah. They On their way, they see some ghosts, uh, and then they're stuck there. So they're like, all right, we got to find some some way to get rid of the ghosts. They open a phone book. There's a few advertisements, but they choose the Boo Brothers, the, the titular Boo Brothers. And uh, they call them. And then out of the phone, the, the Boo Brothers, who are ghosts come out and they're like we'll get your ghost there's a bit of a back and forth of like but your ghost and they're like well better to to catch other ghosts with they do a little demonstration somehow convince them to hire them uh but yeah so in the fridge they find the the ghosts were eating the food in the fridge but that's where they find their first clue so then shenanigans as they go from clue to clue getting chased around by there's uh, a colonel ghost, a skeleton ghost. Uh, oh, yeah, there's a, a circus that has crashed somewhere nearby, and there's an escaped ape. So there's a, an ape, not a ghost, uh, even though the butler says that he's a ghost. And the butler's stinky. He wants the, the, the fortune as well. Uh, there's also a bear. Yeah, at some point there's a bear. <laughs> the hex. That's right. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the Hicks. Yeah. There, there's a... Uh, the Scroggins. N- yes. The neighbor of the Scroggins are also kind of an antagonist and will chase them because the Scroggins and the Beauregards have a rivalry. Sadie Mae Scroggins thinks that uh, Shaggy's cute and wants to smooch him. Uh, Billy Bob Scroggins wants to shoot him. Uh, and And that's kind of the ingredients in this soup. And this middling soup. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it until they until the end where, you know, they may or may not find the treasure. They may or may not realize who these ghosts, quote unquote, are. Um, yeah. What did we think of this film? 
Thanks. That, that goes. That 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 conveys real well on audio. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Should I just do a thumbs down? Y'all can y'all can see that, right? No. <laughs> so <laughs> so so uh, just to just to clarify, how did you feel about it then? I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> Because uh, it was wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. It was just, it just the same thing again and this, again for an hour was, and thirty minutes. It was an hour and thirty minutes long, which was at least an hour too long. Yes, yeah. yes. This could have been an okay episode. The Boo Brothers are in the movie, but they don't really do much to affect it. Maybe until the end, but it's they. It didn't have to. They be barely do anything, and uh. They, as characters, aren't that engaging. I mean, they're the Three Stooges, basically, but... Um, what? Are you telling me that the Boo Brothers are loosely based on the comedy team, the Three Stooges, uh, which is a note that I have written down? And the Hicks were like, like... Oh, shoot, what was it called? Um, What's it, Dukes action. of Hazard? Yeah, it was Dukes of Hazard. Daisy May and, you know, but then Sadie a brother with a gun. Well, well, I know, but, show. but Daisy May. Um, but yeah, that always had short, short, shorts and, you know, halter top. And But this this one wasn't nearly as cute. <laughs> <Or sweaty. laughs> this film's also uh, the start of a loose trio of Scooby-Doo films that includes Ghoul School and The L- Reluctant Werewolf. Uh, they're the they're each considered follow-ups to one another, while also being almost entirely disconnected from one another. Fully. They basically just have... Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy on the road, and then they are have adventures. And then in the third one, Shaggy has a girlfriend for some reason. Yes. I forget what her name is, but yeah. Yes, that's right. Scrappy is in this. He's the brain. Um, Scrappy, honestly, I mean, he's totally fine here. I don't think he's even said any of his catchphrases like puppy power, did he? No, I don't think so. I don't feel like he said any of them. He was too focused on the the mystery at hand. He was too focused the on the mystery hunt. and wanting to like whoop butt. He's just like, I'll fight, I'll I'll kick their butts. Yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, he was. But like, he wasn't annoying afraid. about it. I was no. just like, yeah, kick their butts, man. Hmm. Um, what it could have made the film end quicker if they just let him kick some butts. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get specific uh, about the the story and characters and stuff. I have a note that Valerie and I got real concerned about the gorilla lifting with his back and not his knees. (laughs) Yeah, there was a scene where the car was stuck in mud and the arms came through above Scooby and Scrappy. But it's like, I don't think this gorilla is big enough for this frame. And if he is, he's got to be leaning like real hard to not have his legs in the frame. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh no, you're lifting with your back here, man. That's not good. I like when Shaggy said, Scooby-Doo, what's the matter with you? They did it a few times. And then he said, Scooby-Doo, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And then eventually he finally said, Scooby-Doo, where are you? Not before saying, Scrappy-Doo, where are you? Yeah, Scrappy got it first. Also, the gorilla just wanted to be friends. And it really bothers me. There was really no good resolution for the gorilla. Because the gorilla helped them the whole way through in actuality. And they still were afraid of it for an hour and a half, which was really yeah. annoying. Yeah. They, Very they, annoying. I wanted them to get. I wanted them bit. to be friends earlier. Yes. 
Um, there was a gag with the th- uh, thin of the Brew Brothers. I think that's Shriko, maybe. I don't care. Um, and there was a gag of stuff going through him uh, for like a period of time in the film. And then they kind of dropped it completely. But they did it enough um, at the point where they were doing it that it started to kind of make me uncomfortable. And like maybe he was enjoying it too much. I just didn't. It just felt uncomfortable to me. Yeah. I mean, they, there was a lot of ghost related gags, but... I don't think a lot of them really hit. My favorites were where they got splatted. That's fair. Well, but there, yeah, along with that, though, it was, there was no consistency because at one point they got stuck in the chimney because they- The consistency is that whatever the writers think is funniest is how it works. Mm -hmm. And other times they can go through doors, but, or walls. They can just choose to, and sometimes they forget. Yeah. And they can get splatted because, yeah. Splatting's fine. I like that. I don't like. I'm baffled by the fact that the the strong hick lady, Sadie May, she's not just, like, strong. They felt a need to, like, explain it with her brother saying that she took a mail order muscle course. Yeah. That was baffling. I'm like. That was dumb. I'm like, I didn't. I didn't need you to explain anything about that to me. I was just like, okay, she's she's really strong. Sure. This is weird. Yeah, like if she's uh, sensibly a farm girl or something, maybe she does stuff with... Yeah, like I can see her naturally just getting strong. Yeah, yeah. They really just throw a lot of nonsense at us in this movie, which I wrote at the point where the caped skeleton came out of the chimney, which was the first time that we saw the caped skeleton ghost. There's just... And then they have the gorilla shoot a gun. I did like that, that he took the gun and shot it at one point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, Valerie said that this is Blue's Clues for me, um, in reference to figuring out the easy riddles before the characters figured them out. Yeah, they would read it, and I'd be like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be like, I'm so smart. <laughs> there was also, like, no consistency with where things were. Things would be conveniently where they were, or they wouldn't. they wouldn't bring things with them. So at one point, they were down in like a cave or cellar or something. And they left the note that was the clue to go on to the next one. But then they were up above and they were close to wherever the next clue was. And conveniently they had the clue again. So those things like that. Then they never shut the refrigerator. That was annoying. Yeah, I was very annoyed <laughs> that they left the fridge open. I like the part where the gorilla started petting Scooby and Scooby oh. thought that it was Shaggy and started petting Shaggy back. <laughs> That was really that was yeah. really cute. Like yeah. Scooby's like, "Oh, we're being affectionate now." Okay. And then Shaggy's just like brushing him off and Scooby's like, "What am I doing wrong?" I like I enjoyed that. Uh I I will say I'll, I'll pull it back. The beginning was really weird. <laughs> like how they pull how they started the film. Yeah. It, with a song uh about the Boo brothers. Uh there was like a a witch scaring them so like they got yeah. out of the house quick one of the funny bits that i did like was the uh the witch or whatever was was scaring uh shaggy and scooby so they like got out and they drove out of the house quickly stopped and we're like why did they stop and scooby went back and we're like oh no like why is he going back and how he comes with scrappy in a with a blanket, because Scrappy was just sleeping and they had left him. Yeah. I thought that was funny. That was yeah, funny. Yeah, There was a couple of times that, that Scooby ran and got Scrappy, and it was really cute, because he, you know, just cared, carried him with such care, and, and again, like a little baby, it was really cute. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's movies like this that make that is it makes it a little bit baffling to me why people hate Scrappy so much because like he's not the problem with this movie. The problem with this movie is just that it sucks. <laughs> Yeah. But it's not like it sucks because of him. He's arguably one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, I mean, he's the brain cell. He moves it along. Yeah. But it's not in a unobtrusive or annoying way. Yeah. Here's the most important note that I took, and that is that we're all struggling so much not to fall asleep. And it's a struggle that I think we all lost for at least a little <laughs> bit at one point or another. Yeah. Yeah. I think altogether we've seen the whole thing. <laughs> I thought that I was awake the whole time, but there was a bear and I missed its initial introduction. So I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I mean, what you said earlier, it's wash, rinse, repeat in terms of like getting a clue. There was like at least a handful of clues. Yeah, yeah. Like, almost like close to a dozen, maybe. Look, you could have, you could have easily cut an hour out of this because they just put as many clues as they wanted to fill runtime to have stupid gags happen like it was none of it mattered yeah and i guess it's like they could have minimized the characters but also maybe they're like we have to kind of obfuscate who it might be yeah um but but they super didn't need an hour and a half to do that no not at all and it was just the same gag with, sorry, going back, you all said that little um, Scrappy kind of carried it because because Scooby-Doo did the same things, just constantly was just getting scared, jumping in in Shaggy's arms, getting scared, jumping in Shaggy's arm. I mean, it was just so many times of that. I just was so... Oh my gosh, it's like, there was nothing new with those two. And then Shaggy going, why are you scared? And this isn't happening. And then getting scared himself. And it just got so old. Whereas as Scrappy would just be kind of walking along and then and then pass something and then be like, oh yeah. And Scrappy the was the one who figured out that the gorilla is nice. Yeah. He's like just talking, he's like spitballing to himself. And he's like, actually, the gorilla's probably like scared and having a bad time and stuff like that. He's like... The girl is behind him and is like, yeah, you know, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still couldn't figure out why, how, why the gorilla could talk, but you know. It, yeah, yeah I don't know. Good. I mean, I've seen, we've seen this and Ghoul School at this point, and I still don't really understand the scrappy hate. I guess she had to be there at the time. Maybe. What'd you guys think of the voice acting? The, the, the sheriff was a lot. That, the so, that Sorrel Brooke. And um, his voice constantly made me think of Rockadoodle, and that's because he's in Rockadoodle. <laughs> oh, is he? That's because he voices uh, the, like, I think he's like a fox guy who's like the manager, the Elvis chicken and the girl chicken work for. Um, and he's like always like smoking and stuff. And I think he honestly, I think he gives a much better vocal performance in that. Probably. This like that's not, really it's not a great film, but like, I do remember enjoying his character and thinking that he was like, uh, he, he did a good job playing a villain or whatever. And I, yeah, I think it's like ostensibly the same voice, but it was much less. It's we'll see when we, uh, in a couple of episodes, watch Rockadoodle, but I don't recall it being anywhere near as annoying as he was in this one. What? Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, you know, we never said that this is because of its art. 
This episode is our Halloween spookaboo. Oh, we keep forgetting to say it. We didn't say it with the Secret of Nim one either, which was supposed to be it. I know. We're kind of really failing at the ha- at the Halloween thing this year. Sorry about that. Yeah. Last episode and this one were both supposed to be for that, but we just didn't say anything. Sorry. Sorry for all of our dedicated listeners who care about that. <laughs> yeah. We really, we really kind of botched that one. I know. This is uh, what... I don't even, I'm like, what month is this? This is the beginning of September, so we're a little uh, not relating. It's like, oh, this is going to air. Yeah. Specifically for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Spooky, Lit- scary. Literally. Go watch Ghoul School instead. Oh, God, please. Let's, let's um, all watch you three go, happy spookaboo. And then I thought that Sorrel <laughs> Brooke voiced more of the characters, but actually most of them are voiced by William Calloway, who does Billy Bob Scroggins. And Beauregard's ghost, and the ape, and the attic ghost, and the headless horseman. It's a lot. Huh, yeah, goodness. He voices a lot of characters compared to everyone else. Is his name really Billy Bob Scroggins? The character? Yeah, the character's name. Yes. Yeah, the character's oh, the name. character's name is Billy Bob Scroggins. The, the act, the voice actor is William Calloway. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. This is where the I'm still half asleep. Okay. <laughs> so the. I was not a big fan of his country accents. It was just, I don't know, just the sh- the sheriff was again. I thought he was the the most aggressively but off southern. Yeah, I, I don't know if I wrote anything. That's I I think that Sorel book is known for that voice, basically, ah. or a, a variant of it. Because again, I think he sounds less annoying in oh, some versions. Yeah, but. I was thinking that the uh, honestly though, is that him? We were watching Venture Brothers, and there's the the Southern lawyer. Oh my god! <laughs> it just made me think of him. I don't know if it's him. He's got kind of a nasally thing. Oh, okay. That I don't recall the Venture Brothers character having. Uh, but while you're looking that up, uh, it's also worth mentioning that Rob Paulson's in here. Uh, this is one of the earlier works of his that I, that I've seen. Yeah, it took a bit till I caught uh, it. Um, he's actually two characters in here. One is Shrieko. Uh, the thin ghost. Um, there was a, like the second time that we saw him, there was a um, a line read in particular that Valerie and I were both like, ah, Rob Paulson, because I'd forgotten, even though I wrote this down earlier. Um, and then he's also the dispatcher. I think that the person that the yes. sheriff was talking to. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, as far as the other voices, of course, Scrappy's is fine. Scooby sounds like Scooby. I mean, Scrappy and Scooby are both voiced by Don Messick, and Shaggy has his classic Casey Kasem voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, wasn't that big of a fan, of course, of the sister, the Hick sister, or the Hick brother? Victoria Carroll is Sadie Mae. I think she was fine. I mean, I think more, I just wasn't like, I didn't like her character depiction. Right. But yeah, I mean, I guess her voice, for that matter, was okay. Was it the voice actor or? No, Christopher McCullough is Tiny Attorney. Cool, cool. Yeah, I guess they had Sadie May because they're like, oh, we need a girl. But but yeah, she didn't do much. It would be more interesting if she was, you know, doing something rather than trying to mac face with I Shaggy. Have, I have more notes on her for something later. Um, do you guys want to talk about animation? Sure. Uh, there was a skeleton dance reference, like yes. the old old uh, Silly Symphony short with the skeletons dancing in the graveyard that we mm. have an episode on. Yeah, the beginning song thing. Yeah, they, they were like 
They were like holding hands and jumping around in a circle. Oh, or yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have a note that says stop shining the headlights into my eyes and they didn't, they didn't stop. They kept doing that. Like, we like this. Despite the animation being obviously low budget in this, there, there was kind of a lot of playing around with shadow and light at various points. Yeah. Um, like it it did feel sometimes like they were trying. Uh, there's also some points where it's, where there's some really expressive animation or fluid animation, just kind of speckled here and there. Like a lot of it's your typical... Hanna Barbera, but there's a couple of points where it feels like they're they're trying to do just a little bit more than than your usual Scooby Doo episode. Yeah, none I, of it's terribly impressive, but no, I think it it was weird. There was the the spots that were weak. I guess the one thing that jumps out at me is there was a an elongated scene of Shaggy talking to himself about like don't be scared or like I feel like people are after me, but they're not there. And it was uh, him just walking forward. So the foreground of like trees and bushes was kind of cycling through as he was walking. And the background was cycling. (laughs) And then behind him uh, was Sadie Mae and Billy Bob, like Billy Bob trying to get to him. Sadie Mae like dragging Billy Bob back and her trying to get to Shaggy. And then it it would go back and forth of them grabbing at each other to to stop and then get Shaggy. And they had maybe like, two different animation like cycles, cycles total uh which were reused multiple times like it, four or five times like at it least. honestly it, it felt like a, a family guy segment of like just like purposefully drawing it out way longer than you should but it, trying that to wasn't be comedic but like well it clearly was i, guess, but I it think wasn't. it it was it was for budgetary reasons, sure. but also they tried to play it for comedy, like with with Shaggy going and just having Casey Kasem like keep talking, like they knew what they were doing, but it just like it didn't work. It's went on so long, <laughs> way longer than it needed to go. The other thing that I noticed with animation, and I'm not saying others don't do similar things, but it just it seemed very flat. And what I mean is like the scenes, whether it was the forest, the spooky forest, or the overgrown house with the moss hanging off of it. There was just never any kind of shimmer or anything kind of moving, you know, like the moss, you know, or something blowing in a wind or, or any blade of grass. And that just made it just feel very flat to me. Just like, again, they're just walking in front of a backdrop. I think... This movie is very damaged by us having literally last time we recorded watch The Secret of Nim. <laughs> mm, sure. Because that movie is animators really giving it their all. And this movie is a TV movie off a TV budget. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a TV movie. I will say, you mentioned some good animation. The one that stood out to me was when the Boo brothers were demonstrating how to catch a, a ghost with their little yeah. uh, wind-up ghost thing. And one of the ones that I liked was uh, a segment where uh, I forget how the the little demonstrator uh, foils uh, Miko and Shriko, but then it like Frico tries to catch it and it kind of forces him inside out. It was it was interesting. I think there was a bit there that that was that was it was pretty fluidly animated too. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, like it's not winning any awards and it does overall feel very flat, uh, but it's also like made up for a completely different audience and completely different scale. Yeah. And it's also 
fascinating seeing it like the version that we have it was really crisp and clear and like it's kind of like seeing 16-bit video games super sharp and clear they look different than they looked when you actually saw them in their natural environment because they were made for a natural environment of like tube tvs and stuff yeah that like don't look sharp yeah it accounts for it yeah like it's it's art that accounts for that and so seeing it like just laid bare like makes it clear how cheap it is in a way that's that's interesting or with video games makes some of the effects and stuff that they do not work quite the same and like i kind of like that look but it is different than like what people saw on TV in 1987, you know. Um, on a different note, the skeleton ghost was drawn as just like a skeleton at first, but then later there was a lot more focus on drawing it as clearly like a costume with like dark edges around, the you bones. know, the the bones to make it clear mm-hmm. that it's like a person with a suit on kind of thing. And that was interesting. That like at first they weren't really doing that, and then later. They they did it more clearly as, like, trying to have that be a clue that this is a person, you know? Um, I don't... There's plenty of live-action Scooby-Doo things, and we've talked about it. No reason to linger there. Uh, sound design. I actually liked the witch's song at the beginning. It was cute. Like, it was... We didn't need it or anything, but, like, it was a little, little bop, and, and June Foray was voicing the witch and was, like, doing some good deliveries of her lines, like... It's cute. Yeah, it was just a maybe a jarring intro and kind of at odds with the actual tone of the rest of the sh- of the show. I wouldn't have mind something that that continued that tone. Uh but she's like, "Oh, I'm a witch and like I don't like the Boo Brothers." And, <laughs> and then she never comes back, so it's like, "Okay, okay." Yeah, fully. The music, uh like the background music though, it kind of slapped a lot of times. Um it was by Sven Lebayek and uh good job, Sven, like uh, <laughs> that was honestly one of the better parts of the movie is like mm-hmm. sometimes I just kind of focused in on the music and was like, this is kind of going pretty hard. Yeah, it it does a lot. Uh there was a one scene with music that kind of it sounded like it was going to be a rock song. Uh but but there ended up not being words, but it kind of made me feel like yeah, like uh, monkeys or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then they actually had like a little party. Yeah, no, there, there were standout pieces of, of music to set the mood. Definitely. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? Uh, so the main note that I have here is that uh, Sadie Mae is like hot and I personally wouldn't mind being smooched by her. Like, But like... Her stick is literally just gender reverse Pepe Le Pew, and that's both boring because Pepe Le Pew already did it, and still, like, gross and problematic. Like, stop kissing Shaggy when he doesn't want it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just... It's not funny. It's not funny. (laughs) It's not funny because it's really already by 1987 an overdone trope, and also it's just gross. Like, stop doing that joke. Well, and also in the reverse, I just feel like it's also so um, degrading and sexist, like all a woman wants is to have a man. And so she's just going to have to steal herself a man because there's none out here in the swamps. And I mean, does she know, say that? I think she just saw Shaggy and was like, he's cute. He's cute. Well, I think she just got fixated. 
I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong in the idea that the only girl character besides the witch who isn't really a character, uh, the only girl character in the movie is obsessed with, like, smooching a dude. Like, you're not wrong that that is, like, very eye-rolly on its face. I'm just, I don't think that she said anything about not being able to find anyone else. No, I'm just... I think she just liked Shaggy. That's just my narrative because she's out here, you know, they're out in this area. There's just a bunch of, you know, ghosts and, you know, no, I don't know. (laughs) It's like, I can't kiss a ghost. Yeah. (laughs) But, But, but yeah, I mean, she's the only girl character and she's very tropey, so... Yeah, I think that that is a part of it of, you know, okay, she exists, but could she, can she do something else? And not really. Oh, even be a candidate for haunting uh, the one perpetrating the haunting. Nope. But they're, you know. Neither of the Scroggins were, really. No, not really. They're pretty overt in kind of what they wanted. Truly. Uh, anything else for this section? Yeah, the uh, Shaggy's uncle that died was a colonel of oh, the yeah. Confederate War. Yep. On the Confederate side. Yep. Uh, his, it was, like, the, the iconography wasn't super overt. I think no. the most overt was on the hat. There was a rectangle with a, kind of an X through it, but the coloring wasn't matching what the Confederate flag was. Yeah. But yeah. it's still just like, that's a choice you made. That For didn't sure. have to be For sure, yeah. who Shaggy's relative was. Yeah, the just the... <sighs> and maybe it was partially just a choice made because they wanted to have the hit character, so they're like, it needs to be in the South. But, sure, sure, sure. You know, sure. whatever, but it's still just like... That's fair. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just an interesting reflection. I don't... It's not like the... Um, yeah, it's not like uh, for Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island where it's like, oh, we're on a plantation, a pepper plantation. And, like, it didn't kind of lean into the history there. And I think ev- I think in Zombie Island you could even argue that it being on a plantation is part of what's supposed to put you at unease, you know? Yeah. Like, it just kind of is a, a detail that adds to all of it. Um, it does muddle the message with, like, a ghost, uh, one of the ghosts of, like, a confederate dude was ostensibly, like, a good dude. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, or at least was telling, was trying to help. Uh, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, here it's like barely a th- thing that's really talked about. Yeah, it's they just, just use some kind of military, like he is a colonel. They call him the colonel. Yeah, yeah. Except for somebody called him general, which was funny. Um, and then also one of the Boo brothers have a relative named uh, Shiko, and he, he has like uh, some sort of headwear and look has an angry face and is like holding a scimitar for like the two scenes that he's in the background of. Yeah, like that's the joke. And that's it's, just I didn't need that joke. Yeah, <laughs> stupid joke, anyways. It but because uh, their names follow a pattern of right, like, they all have the O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's about it. Let's go on to our spoiler alert. So who did it? Well, the person that did it, you see, was the sheriff, except he wasn't the sheriff. He's the sheriff's twin brother who was impersonating the sheriff. The only difference between them is that the real sheriff has a mustache. And we never saw the real sheriff before. Nope. But his brother doesn't have a mustache and was impersonating a sheriff because I guess we don't want to portray law enforcement as being bad. I don't know. I don't know why else that was a thing. But uh, yeah, it was him. Yep. That's it. That's it. It wasn't the butler, even though he did want to steal the the fortune. Yeah. 
And even oh. though he had one of he, he got one of the things at one point, which like so did the did the fake sheriff give it to him? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh oh, and so they figured it out. They found the uh fortune and they uh previously the Boo brothers had given Shaggy a sob story about their orphan ghosts and they didn't have a place to live. That's why they had this job. Because Shaggy got tired of their nonsense and was telling them to leave. Yeah, yeah. So Shaggy gave the house to the Boo brothers and they donated or they created a trust for the uh, a trust with the fortune for orphans. Yep. And then they leave. <laughs> yep. I, I couldn't help but wonder how does the paperwork work to will a house to deceased ghosts uh they just keep it in their name but leave it and ghosts live there and that's pretty much it i would think okay yeah no more spoilers let's go on to our favorites and least favorites what was your least favorite scene in the movie the uh the one with shaggy walking and uh sadie and billy bob you know behind him trying to get to him while Casey Kasem is just talking about how sometimes I feel like people are after me, but, you know, they're not. Yeah, it was boring. I think for me, it was, I mean, that one is is one of the top, <laughs> up there at the top. But when they were down, like in the basement or like in this, under the, in this trap door and Scooby-Doo just kept jumping in Shaggy's arms. Oh, I know. It was actually after one of the parts that I liked, or maybe it was before. Uh, well, anyway, but he just kept jumping. Like, it, something kept scaring him, and he kept jumping in Shaggy's arms again and again, like, just in fairly quick succession. And I'm just like, ugh. Uh, I guess I'll go with the one Valerie said, because my real answer is, like, just the whole middle. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, can I say from start to finish? No, I'm yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite scene in the movie? Uh, it's going to be where uh, the gorilla was petting Scooby and then Scooby <laughs> pet Shaggy. Yes, I was going to, yeah. I absolutely am going to agree with you. Yeah. I guess I'll go with that one, too. Who was your least favorite character in the movie? Uh, I'm going to say Billy Bob. I'll agree. Yeah, definitely. Who's your favorite character in the movie? Scrappy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Scrappy. He's uh he's got the brain cell. Yeah. And he wasn't like really annoying or anything. No. Yeah, I mean he was the most calm. Even the gorilla was kind of annoying sometimes, so that's why the gorilla doesn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think Scooby and Shaggy were fine. Oh, uh, they were fine, yeah. They're Scooby and Shaggy. They're the yeah. same. I don't think they were especially egregious, but No. Scrappy held it down. What character would Tim Curry have played if he were in the movie? Uh, the butler? I mean, he's already played a butler before, right? Sure. Yeah. And the butler had a very, I forgot to mention that, just I the laugh, whatever, just the same laugh again and again, and it just wasn't very... And the butler's very, very like good. one of the only characters that didn't really have like a Southern accent. So mm-hmm. yeah, if he's not going to have a Southern accent anyways, just give it to, to, to Tim Curry, you know? Yeah, they would have definitely elevated this so he much. He would have woken up every time yes, Tim Curry spoke. Yes, 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 yes. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Yeah, for this one, uh, it was just a really long episode and not a very good episode. Uh, It could have been shorter. I won't recommend this. I generally won't recommend it, but it's not like it's uh, atrocious if you just want to watch Scooby-Doo stuff. But I'll give it a... 
uh, 1.25. Yeah, I'm not going to recommend, and I'm going to go 0.75. And the only reason that it even has that high is because, again, the animation wasn't great, but I mean, it wasn't terrible. It, uh, Scrappy was kind of carried it. <laughs> you know, he kind of saved it. A little, well, I say, he didn't really save it, but he, he kept it, he kept it somewhat bearable. So, yeah. During the times where you were awake. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Our our friend uh, Vaughn was going to be on this, but some stuff came up, uh, so she wasn't able to be here. But she did watch it, and so I'm going to just throw out that uh, she would not recommend it and did not think think that it held up. Don't know star rating, but no recommendation from Vaughn. Oh, okay. Uh, I also don't recommend it, and I gave it a one. It's, it's kind of hot garbage, so... <laughs> Like it was, if it was literally a whole hour shorter, then it would be okay. Yeah. Which is to say that there's at least an hour worth of this that is just garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's two thirds at least. Yeah, it's a lot of the uh, Billy Bob and Sadie. Ugh. It's just so much. It's too much. Too many things, but none of them are interesting, and they just Mm-mm. cycle. No. Yeah. Wash, rinse, do not, repeat. Do not recommend. <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. And please join me any Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Twitch where I am streaming Final Fantasy IX. And these two wonderful ladies join me in the chat and make it so much fun. Uh, And so you are welcome anytime um, for Nana Critter, N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R. Come join the fun. I do voices. I do. I think I do Southern accents a little bit better than no. (laughs) Some of these characters in this, no, uh, but no, it's I have fun just making characters, see my reactions. I get very excited when I get to save like uh, chocobos and all that good stuff. So yeah, join any Wednesday at 7 p.m. And next time we'll be watching a movie about a king elephant. Oh, okay. And I think there's some mean rhinos. Mm -hmm. And that's about all that I remember. (laughs) Doesn't sound spooky at all. No, we're we're not in the spookaboo anymore. Thanks for joining us for this, even though we didn't announce it (laughs) at all all until like kind of the middle of this episode. (laughs) So really doing a terrible job. But thanks for being here with us for it. Happy Halloween. All right. Bye. 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 Love y'all. Bye. Boo. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Y'all go on now and get out of here. <laughs> Thanks for sharing <laughs> that. You're so welcome.